my name is Rebel Roz, and this is Prag Magic. In this podcast, we will journey through the investigation and application of metaphysical means to enhance and inspire what I consider to be the great unifying purpose of our short human existence, the creative process. Whether it's the macrocosm of reveling in our days spent under this big, bright, dying star and hopes of evolution into masterful works of experiential art, or the macrocosm of regurgitating the universe through our unique, mutated consciousness in the form of art and ideas. You see, magic is that cosmic call and response, the creator divining the mundane to create the mundane divine. My half-cocked philosophizing aside, writer and magician Alan Moore explains, and I quote, Much of magic is the search of the self with a capital S, and this is understood as being the great work, as being the will, the soul, the thing that is behind the intellect, the body, the dreams, the inner dynamo, and that when we are doing the will of our true self, we are inevitably doing the will of the universe. And in magic, these are seen as indistinguishable. Famed psychologist Carl Jung called the true will individuation, or pursuing one's own vision of the truth and in so doing, realizing one's fullest potential as a human being. Throughout this podcast, you'll be privy to my infinitely humble journey as creator and practitioner, discussing and revealing the great work of artists and thinkers studying their rituals and spells that invoke to inspire that psychic push to wrestle the human condition from the woes and throes of the dark and the drab. Personally, I intend on rectifying some of the rituals I gleaned from years of dancing with the devil in the pale moonlight. Rituals that work against my true passions. We all have them, and it's my intention to learn and reveal exercises that ex-hex those inner oppressive thought patterns, as well as exorcising those lurking psychic vampires, as above, so below. So join me as I consort the unseen as means for getting the fuck out of creative stagnation. Stagnation that bewitches each and all of us, artists or not. So slither hither, weirdos and witches, and let us begin. On this episode, I present to you my live chat with Aaron Aquarian that was recorded at the Waypost in Portland, Oregon, as part of Wayward Worship, We the Hallowed's monthly salon. And uh, we got some treats from two beautiful and amazing songwriters, James Chan of Strange Chan and Sexy Coyote's Cayman Ross, giving us a little insight on two tracks they're going to share with us. Without further ado, Aaron Aquarian, Haunt On. When did you start realizing that there were things outside this corporal reality? Um, well, I was really, by the last interview i really enjoyed listening to y'all talk um and i was like oh he's gonna ask me that and i was thinking about like my experience growing up which was just trauma word so me too i didn't like i was just in that yeah kind of and well isn't um, that like how you kind of transcend that though yeah totally yeah. but like i experienced a lot of family members dying suddenly like um like when I was between nine and twelve, like all all but um, two members of my immediate family died, and it I'm was sorry. like my grandparents died, my dad died, my aunt died, and um, and so I I was raised Catholic, and I knew that that wasn't for me, you know. Like I knew that um, something just spoke to you about going outside of that. Yeah, but I think that. Um, kind of when I think about what happened to me and what happened to my spirit and my consciousness and my 
like intuition and awareness of like the things that I'm tuned into now, like I think that it was shut down. Like my experience was that like my spirit kind of died or my soul kind of got trapped outside space and time, you know, like okay. that. Or like um, like your your entire like or was it like a fraction? Like parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, like an intense fraction. Almost yeah, a foundational. Like just, just um and experiencing like really disassociated, you know, like humanness and um and being in survival mode, you know, like I didn't think about um you know, because I was raised Catholic, I uh I thought about God and, you know, praying and the things that I was supposed to do. Um you feared God, you mean? Did I fear God? <laughs> um I I don't know if I ever really believed in uh what I was taught to believe in. So there was something inherent. Yeah. Like yeah. I feel that about myself too. There was mm-hmm. Whether for good or bad, there was like an inherent rebellion Mm -hmm. and it went kind of across Mm -hmm. platform. When did you start to realize that it it wasn't just kind of acting out, but it was like something was actually singing to you? Um, I think that I had a a big shift. It wasn't until like my mid twenties, probably. Mm-hmm. I think it would come and go, um, but I was a very rebellious child. Like I, like my earliest memories were like fuck this planet, you know. And like my favorite movie, like I, I was born in the eighties, and my favorite movie as a child was Disney's Robin Hood, fuck you know. Yeah. And like all of my friends were like, exactly. <laughs> it's it's like all of my friends were like into like Snow White and The Little Mermaid and was I was the like anti-hero. I was like rob from the rich to yeah. feed the poor like fuck yeah like, I felt that like that is yeah. like my jam and I um I'm an Aquarius so I always kind of saw the world and saw suffering and injustice and was like what's going on here like why like why is this reality this doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. And um, that wasn't exactly what, what you were asking, but that was kind of uh, like my, my consciousness um, growing up was on suffering, you know, the suffering of other, others and the suffering that I experienced um, in the family that I grew up with. Yeah. And um, so it, it was from hardship that kind of, moved you mm-hmm. away from I don't know just kind of the plaintive idea yeah of existence and my um my uncle was a fundamentalist christian like born again christian evangelical preacher and um so I was exposed like speaking in tongues or yeah, yeah like yeah. and just um probably thinks that I'm going to hell I'm sure I mean and I haven't like really maintained a relationship with uh, with that member of my family, but um, yeah, my experience with religion and, and spirituality was just like I didn't believe in anything, you right, know. So yeah. I thought that I was an atheist, um, and I guess I was kind of like rebelling against my Catholicism by being like, "Well, fuck you! Like I don't believe in God, and I'm not, I'm not doing this stuff." And that's totally a part of it. Totally, there, you know. But like, yeah, there is something about absolutes that always just mm-hmm. riddled me wrong. Like, yeah. who the fuck do you think you mm-hmm. are to know, you know, yeah. with a capital K? So when did, because you you are one of the few people I've met that has actually uh, transformed this ideology into uh, one that gives aid to other people. Mm-hmm. Like, when, when did that start? Um, well, I knew, like that I was put on this planet to help others, you know, like, I think I knew that from like my earliest memories were of wanting to just like help like fix this place and make it better. Um, and I, when I was younger, like trying to figure out what to go to school for before I dropped out of school, um, I was like, well, maybe I'll be a social worker. Maybe I'll, you know, like I saw myself in this 
field of like public service right and um selflessness but uh because of like how i grew up like i was just kind of like stuck in this fucked up unhealthy place for like a long time like until my like mid-20s and then around the time that I moved to portal land as I call it oh yeah um (laughs) I just had like this major shift in my like awareness and um started having like spiritual like mystical experiences I started so it it was kind of latent yeah okay 26 I mean that's nine years ago that's crucial you know, to have mm-hmm. it happen after patterns are realized yeah. kind of thing. I mean, I had, like, mystical, spiritual experiences, like, in nature when I was, like, in my early 20s. But I also, like, partied a lot and, like, got fucked up all the time and <coughs> uh, just, like, wanted to be cool, you know? Okay. And, and I wasn't thinking about spirituality or, like, what's the... Why am I here, mm-hmm. you know? I, I was just thinking about... Like, how am I going to be cool? And what what drew you to tarot? Like, what was that? Um, well, tarot. Like, I happened to get a tarot reading from a friend when I first moved here, and I had never had a tarot reading. I like grew up watching TV, like in the eighties and nineties, like everyone else, and saw Psychic Friends Network commercials. Oh, yeah. and the movie Teen Witch like came on TV, and I was obsessed with it. But it was never like, oh, like maybe I should get into that. How did you? How did it change? Yeah. Um, well, I think that I moved here and started to wake up to like what healing means, and to start to. Like, I just started thinking about, like, my own healing all the time and, like, how I need to, like, I, re- I really need to, like, heal my life and, and deal with my issues and um, I need to be the one that's going to change my life because I think how how I grew up, it was, like, when you don't have parents who, like, take care of you and protect you and, like, give you any tools to, like, navigate the world with, it can create this, like, stunted... Um, like you're just like waiting for someone to come and do that for you. Yeah. So as an adult, you know, 26 years old, I'm I'm well into adulthood, and I'm still kind of waiting for right. someone to come into my life and be like, hey, you need like you really need to learn how to cook eggs so you can eat breakfast. Right. There, there like is the most basic things yeah. like I didn't know how to do, and I still struggle with the most basic things. But I think also. Like, I have a really strong intuitive channel. I think I have a really strong spirit guide um, presence around me. And um, they tell me what to do. And they've always told me what to do, even before I knew that that's what was happening. And now that, uh, now that like, that channel is open and, and clearer and constantly getting clearer, you know, like, I understand and... and um, what was happening all along, you know, was that I had to go through, right. like, my own, like, weird path to get where I am now because that yeah. allows me to be of service. But that's, like, a that that is, like, mm-hmm. a total 180 as far as, like, a paradigm. Yeah, it's a, it was a big paradigm shift for and sure. So do you, was there, a, like, a specific moment? Was it... I remember, like, moving to Portland and taking long walks with my dog and, like, crying Mm -hmm. and being alone. And um, I think that I started channeling at that point. Like, I would, like, channel messages or, like, thank you, (laughs) my savior, coffee messiah. Thank you, honest. (laughs) Um, I, I would just, like, and I call them downloads, you know? Like, I would just get, like, a bunch of instruction, um and like mantras like these mantras and uh i understood that i had a really like negative pessimistic view on life and that i needed to change that if anything was going to get better and, and that, that was like a learned pattern mm-hmm. that yeah. pessimistic view and just i think so when, in a sense you you became the ultimate rebel like you went against l- your learned prescribed Patterns, I and, guess so. Yeah, yeah. and you um, went, you even went against like what was how you saw normal or you know what I mean. Well, yeah, like it was like growing up, 
and like getting into like punk culture and queer culture and like just any kind of rebellion and then just like rebelling against the status quo. Mm-hmm. But then it's interesting, like my observation of how you just like recreate abuse in the whatever subculture you're rebelling against the dominant culture that abuses you and you're abusing yourself, you know, by so, um, in my feeds, it's a Uroboros. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. Like you Mm -hmm. hit a lot of things who just to sidetrack we're not because this is a really fascinating subject who are these familiars these beings that you're describing who are the beings um they're like nameless faceless Uh presences so like a lot of do they have like singular like characteristics are they almost like you know kind of saint based they're very abstract like and i think that um, like I was in a, a mystery school, a magic school for four and a half years, and um, and so I've like witnessed and observed a lot of how how different people channel like very specific beings or like very specific messages, and um, I noticed that what I would pick up intuitively was very abstract, very vague, very. You know, like, um, I came to just feel like, oh, like, I'm on some kind of consciousness frequency. Like, that's what, that's the guidance that I'm tuning into. And it's also, for me, feels like a very, like, higher self, you know, like, um, guidance that's letting me know when, like, my thoughts and behaviors, like, are not in alignment with you know, like that, that higher, higher so self. So you, you've over time gained communion with these beings. Mm-hmm. What I'm wondering is it, is it like, I don't know, uh, saints in the way that they all have a different purpose? Like, can you discern them? Like, what? I don't really discern, um, like to me it feels like an omnipresent, like okay. singularity, um, that, you know, like channels um, or like downloads things really intensely to me sometimes. Right. Like when I'm meditating regularly, like sometimes it's overwhelming because I'll just be getting like these downloads that I can't even like And you integrate. think those are from else, somewhere yeah. else. Like it's, it's not just it's, your subconscious kind of... Yeah, it's definitely like I don't know this stuff like I am not a disciplined student of like I have never been able to learn from reading books Uh Um, like I always struggled in school like once I got into high school I just couldn't learn um, in the academic ways and um, but I I'm always like trying to learn through listening and viewing and experiencing and interacting so um in my experience, like the the my consciousness has expanded and and picked up frequencies from working and collaborating with other healers, yeah. with um, listening to spiritual teachers, and um, and seeking out spiritual teachers that like resonate with me, where I'm like, what they're talking about is legit. The song Visceral actually began as a cover of a Bo Diddley song called Mona that I was trying to recreate electronically for my own amusement, and it, it turned out pretty cool. So I, I saved it and sort of got put on hold for a couple years until I met my producer, Riley Gear, and I presented it to him, and he, he really liked it. But he suggested that um, I write my own lyrics for it because he said it didn't sound like a Bo Diddley song and uh, that it should be its own thing. So I went back to the drawing board and came up with some lyrics that I wanted it to complement the the feel of the song. 
and I felt that it, it needed to be, it needed to feel sexy, and, but I wanted it to be in a way that wasn't overly macho or self-centered, so uh, T-Rex came to mind. I'd been listening to a lot of that, and that sort of became my angle. Also, I was listening to a lot of The Little Dragon at the time, and I really liked uh, the rhythmic style of Yukimi Nagano and her lyrics, so that was definitely an influence as well. So I brought it back in, and we recorded some vocals, and I tried some stuff I hadn't done before, like uh, with the, the high falsetto uh, doubled up with the the octave down, like the Mark Bolin style, and it turned into something really cool and unexpected. And in a lot of ways, it it really kind of showed me what Strange Chan needed to be. And it was a kind of a revelatory moment. Here, Pragmatic Podcast is brought to you by Portland, Oregon's open source art religion and Pragmatic Art Collective, We the Hallowed. 
For more information, please visit wethehallowed.org or support these fine, pious individuals at patreon.com slash wethehallowed. Remember, that's hallowed like saintly. H-A-L-L-O-W-E-D. Thank you, and haunt on. I know for you specifically as someone that uh, is a healer, like how how does one discern between kind of a charlatan mm-hmm. and someone that is actually looking to help you through something? <sighs> well, it's, a hard, it's, one, it's right? hard to answer without feeling like I'm making a judgment of like, you know, like... We're all friends here. Um, but I feel like you're going to if you're looking to work with a healer or find a practitioner to help you like work through your stuff. Um, first of all, like the tarot was my first healer. So you're not even just talking about just yeah. a, a human vessel. Mm-hmm. You're, you're talking just about a, a study or a practice that yeah. could, that could be the guru. Prayer can be your healer. Right, like right. any meditation practice can be a healer. Um, I think in our culture, we, are conditioned to want to like fix things quickly, you know, and just like um, instant gratification results. That's mm-hmm. definitely what I was looking for when I started going on my healing path. I was like, I want to start working with this healer therapist, right? And I want to be done like within a year. Kind of this unfocused, <laughs> yeah, amorphous want. And um, right. so, what I found in surrendering that, like, this is the rest of my life's work. Right. And um, I've always had a good, strong, like, gut gut feeling of whether uh, someone's good for me to work with or not good. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that you can just, like, if you vibe with someone, if you resonate with, like, what their worldview is and what their view on healing is and... Um, it can be just as simple as that, right? I mean, like, I think, I mean, you you just know. It's not one of yeah. these, like, running them through the trials or the tests. Or yeah. It's, it's a variant, I mean, to the most basic definition of intuitive, yeah. you know? Another thing is, like, I'm a white person, and there's... Really? There's, Me too. <laughs> um, there's, like... Uh, in like the world of healing, like it's a very, I mean, at least in the, in the community and I'm not, I'm like not really in any community. I'm a really like hermity weirdo, um, isolator, but, um, in like the healing arts community, it can be a pretty like new age, like white, um, seems like a market that serves Right. Other, I mean, at least people who can afford um, to indulge in such a luxury. Right. So, so I think in it, my... It gets classist in a way. Yeah. yeah. And like inaccessible. And mm-hmm. also like a lot of healers are like appropriating modalities of like other cultures. Um, and that's problematic. And um, so I think part of my path, like as a healer was was knowing that at some point that was going to have to align with my poli- like my race politics and my like worldview like wanting to be like working to like be on the side of dismantling oppression and sure. and um, you have to be socially conscious whilst being you know in tune with a personal yeah and, uh, with somebody else I mean like and you have to like heal your own shit, you know, but then right. not, not well, just I mean, like know. stay in a bubble where you're like unaware of like the trauma and, uh, right. you know, things that other people are experiencing. Is that, and is that true though? Is that like you can, you can only be a healer if you, you, if you yourself are healed? Um, well, I don't think that we're ever totally healed. But healer, heal thyself, for sure. sure. Like, I mean, I think for me, part of my my journey, like, to becoming a healer is 
my own healing, learning how to how to do that for myself, and then trying to just teach other people how I did it, right. rather than being like, I'm your healer, you know, like being like, well, here's what the tarot taught me, and here's what like this energy worker taught me, and here's so you what are taking it, like a cornucopia of yeah, ideas. like mixing it all together right. and just trying to like share that with others, but as also being conscious of an appropriation. Yeah. Right. Like, and that, that's, that's really hard. What gave you this impetus to be like, you know what? I can, I can spread the wealth. Um, I think part of it's like, well, my, my nature, like that I've right. always had was like, Oh, why at three years old was I obsessed with the archetype of Robin hood? Right. It was like, why, when I was like three and four years old, did like all I could see was like homeless people on the street. Right. And um, all I could see was like clear racial injustice that like no white adult was explaining to me, you and, know? Are and you, being, yeah, sorry. So being like conscious of that as a kid, but like growing up, you know, and just like that's the world that like. Yeah. You know, like was I was told was real. Mm -hmm. Um even though like it didn't feel right to me and then interestingly like on my path of healing like all of the politics that um you know like I cared about that I was passionate about like in my youth or like in my teens and 20s when I And I'm, your rock and roll youth. Yeah, like in my like punk right. You know, like teenage um, politics, you know, like has found a way to like integrate into my style as a reader and, um, and my, I guess, manifesto as a healer, you know, like really wanting to do, um, accessible service. Like being a tarot reader has like brought more like magical connection and meaning to my life than anything like I could ever imagine. It sings to you and you sing with it. It's yeah. It's like yeah. my, you know, and I never like when I started doing readings, I was never like, Oh, this is what I want to do with my life. Right. And I never, you know, growing up was like, I want to be a blank when I grow up. I just <laughs> didn't know. I, be I, I was just like floating in space, like yeah. trying to survive. So, um, yeah, like my deck that, um, I have a lot of decks. I collect vintage decks and I, I collect some newer decks too, just to, in, in the classes where, you know, like I like to show people like what a variety there is. And mm -hmm. I love the Rider Waite Smith deck, of course, like, and I have so much gratitude for it. Is but, that is that where people looking into studying should go? Because like every book ever is written about the Rider Waite. I think that the Rider Waite Smith is a really good deck for beginners, and yeah. it's just like you have to look at it and accept that it's like a Eurocentric art, right. you know, like old-fashioned, gendered, yeah, you know, archetypal um, imagery, and like that's okay, like we. I, I kind of like have created this separation between like the civilization and culture that we know that we've, you know, all experienced, mm -hmm. like, um, like the oppressive nature of this reality, but the cars themselves, you know, they, they have to do with archetypes that like don't really have anything to do with our human issues, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, there's some hard ones that kind of transfer over into many decks. There's also like a delineation between, you know, uh, different, like the tower, mm -hmm. the blasted tower, and like mm -hmm. all these things. I feel like there's, there's an energy put into it by a, you know, a, a collective conscious that is looking for their own kind of divining card, mm -hmm. and I think that's beautiful. I think mm -hmm. I would love to be a part of inventing a deck of tarot but that said you know you have to be i feel like you have to be very you have to give it credence in the way that it's set up and what i wanted to segue into is like how do you feel about what this generation or like this new renaissance of like a culture mm -hmm. of 
you know, um, aestheticism mm-hmm. with the quote-unquote occult and these tarot decks that are just like, oh, that looks cool. I'll just make my own mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, like, do you think that's damning? Do you think it's helping? Um, well, I have kind of a dualistic yeah. feelings about it. On one hand, I'm like, if if this stuff is like flooding the culture, great. Um, I don't. I detest like the commodification of spirituality and right. witchcraft, and I'm not into people selling people stuff. Like, um, that's like, I I kind of see, and this is also like when I say like oh, like they tell me or like the spirits or my guidance or whatever, the channel that like guides me and tells me what to do is like, yeah, you're not here to make stuff for people to buy. Right. You know, like yeah. you're here to do a service, which is hard um, in a sense because I can only see one person at a time and like I can, I can see someone for like three hours, you know, um, and like sc- not even scratch the surface, right? Um, and that's and also like someone has to pay me to to do their own work, right. you know. So yeah. like a candle, a fucking charm, <laughs> like that stuff isn't doing your healing work. It's right. not doing your shadow work. And my experience in my early days of the healing journey where it's like every day off, I wanted to go spend my tips at Ed's House of Gems and buy new crystals. You know, like um, I still want to buy like new tarot decks and um, I kind of, you know, I don't uh, like buy like every tarot deck that's out there, but I do, they're important for me to have for my learning. How do you discern between them? Like how do you know when one is just kind of a, Fufu way for. Uh, um, you know. I just look at like, do I does the artwork resonate with me? I'm happy that like art it, like that tarot seems to be a way for working artists mm-hmm. to support themselves. It's a cool project for a lot of working artists, but there are some that really speak to it and and do it. Like, how does one? you know, like how discern you, the difference if they're choose? sitting in front of you. you know? Well, I like to teach the rider weight or, you know, a classic like deck that, you know, like people can look at the images on that poster over there and maybe get some information, you know, like right. maybe like right away, be able to relate to the picture. Immediately. And it reminded me of the Lotteria. Yeah. 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 Which Whereas like if it's like an abstract, you know, like I'm I'm not like criticizing anyone's work at all, but just um and some people really do channel more from the abstract energy imagery, but for me and like my experience as a reader learning to like trust my intuition and um let it kind of talk, you know, it was right. learning from the the writer weight and using the Morgan Greer where and also like I made up a lot of my own meanings you know like I I think that's I, what it is it's not about the deck right it's about the reader right? or both or, yeah I mean I guess a but, little bit about um, so. like a lot of like messages that like I channel from specific cards that are different from what I hear other readers that channel dif- something different but it doesn't matter because we're all like we've all had different human experiences, right? Um, so I think that to me, like the tarot is like an interactive mirror that it like reflects something different every time you look at it. Like there's there's details on the cards that I'm like, was that there the last time I looked at it? Yeah. I don't know. It's magical, and um, there's so. details that have been pointed out to me that I've never seen before because my eye doesn't see like the minutia. My eyes sees like the big, broad, like, expansive It is all picture. very intentful. Like, every yeah. design. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I guess that would be how you know. You know? And if it's, like, what's the most helpful thing? Right. You know? So, I guess part, part of your question... So, so does it... Uh, sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but, like, uh, does it... Do you need to know the question? Do you need to know the issue? 
before getting the reading or are you just kind of um is it better when you just kind of do it blind my style as a reader kind of evolved out of doing like a lot like doing a regular event that was like a weekly where sometimes like nine people would show up like in a night Mm -hmm. and I would have to do like short readings and I and I knew that I wanted to do an a, a really effective reading in a short amount of time. So um, I I learned to kind of create the re- like the reading. You know, like okay. I learned to kind of like it's not a space for someone, especially when I'm doing events like if where I've got 15 minutes. You know, right? Um, I can't. Oops. I can't like be like. So what do you want to talk about? Right. Because like 15 minutes will go by. Right. So often people just want to be listened to and witnessed. But um, that's not really, like, that's part of my job as a reader. But also my job as a reader is just to channel whatever the fuck needs to be channeled for that person. I'm a vague, abstract reader. Like, I'm not the type of, like, psychic clairvoyant who sees, like, the details of somebody's experience. But... I intuitively will connect with someone on an emotional level or an empath level. And so I kind of, this style came out of this high volume like experience where I just made up a spread that was like, who am I today? What do I need to know? How should I focus my energy? And those were the three cards that I would have people pull. Are you primarily a three card? Spread? Um, That's like how I start every reading is like I do people's life numerology life and year cards and and who am i today what do i need to know how how should i focus my energy it's like really simple but it's like the ritual that works for me thank you so much thank you really appreciate it thank you so much erin aquarian <laughs> progression for never is the first thing i wrote on guitar that really felt sincere and I originally set it to lyrics expressing my feelings towards a complicated friendship. But as the years went by, I started to hear the song in the back of my head. Anytime I felt an emotion unplaceable, especially related to feeling like I was being watched, hearing voices, and simultaneously totally in control. Been running away from the end. How long I always forget I hear the dogs The same Who's gonna save you now And they never give me No rest Yelling at
Thanks to everyone who is following us through this transition from wayward worship to pragmagic. Uh, pragmagic is a term I have used and have stood by since my youth. It's inspired by a book of, a, of the same name, different spelling, uh, that was a big influence on my life as a kid uh, growing up around uh, Marilyn Ferguson's compound. I want to thank my guest, Aaron Aquarian. AaronAquarian.com. Follow her on Instagram at FullTimeWitch. You can find Strange Chan on Instagram, as well as his Bandcamp, strangechan.bandcamp.com, or strangechan.com, and Sexy Coyote um, at sexycoyote.bandcamp.com, or follow Cayman's new main focus, which is Rogozo, that's R-O-G-O-Z-O, at rogozo.com. Both Strange Chan and Sexy Coyote are on our art collective, We the Hallowed's uh, first compilation compiled by Johannes Pontes. You can find at wethehallowed.bandcamp.com. And please investigate We the Hallowed. It's the little art collective that could and does and will, and I'm very proud to be a part of it. Um, what started as a fever dream has now turned into this you know, brilliant circus of disparate individual artists uh, connecting, supporting, pushing, and experimenting with um, the weird. Uh, visit us at wethehallowed.org. This is the part where I tell you to go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash wethehallowed, where you can sign up, subscribe for as little as a dollar a month to get this podcast future episodes before they're released publicly, Q&A sessions with guests, uh, zines, compilations, and individual members' works of art, as well as their records. And please, by all means, investigate and support this collective. But more importantly, if you fancy yourself a serious student and pray-teller of the confluence between metaphysics and art, well, then get at me. Pragmagic at gmail.com. And hell, maybe you'll get on the podcast to spin your yarn, tell your trick, or publish an article at pragmagic.com. Or hell, we might just even become friends. Mm-hmm.